Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions as we join together over the airwaves. Uh, always surprised um, how God uses the airwaves. What a privilege it is uh, to be a small part of what God is doing in your life and the way that the show works is you call me and we talk on the air. And the number to dial is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. And that is a dedicated phone line to the studio here. David will pick up and he will get the information we need to get you on the air. And he's producing the show today uh, along with Kevin. And and then we'll talk. So I'd love to have you come on. 303 303- 303-690-3000. number works anywhere and everywhere. Uh, you can also text me uh, sometimes, um, usually on uh, Thursdays. Uh, we can get to the text questions because the calls are a little bit lighter on Thursdays. Uh, so sometimes we can get to your text questions, uh, but you can send them in anyway, uh, and they'll sit there. Sometimes we can even answer them after the show. Um, but give me a call, 303-690-3000, or... Text me, 720-336-0897. We were together yesterday, Wednesday, midweek Bible study. We love to get together uh, midweek. Uh, we pray together. We sing together. We study the Bible together. We partake of the elements in remembering the body and the blood of Jesus together. And we're studying a different book of the Bible, so we study a a book of the Bible, verse by verse, on the weekends, which right now is Hebrews. I was looking at my studies. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm almost done. We have three studies left in Hebrews, and then we're done. Uh, it did take quite a while. It, I didn't anticipate it, but we had a lot going on, and it, it was a lot longer than I anticipated, but that's okay. Uh, the Lord is good. Uh, we got to finish it. And we're going to be jumping into a series on the family. Uh, it's been many, many years since I taught on the family uh, as a package series. So we want to do that. That's going to be good for us. Uh, it's a very exciting time for the church right now. And I don't just mean our church, but of course I'm responsible to lead this church. Uh, but I, I know that COVID's been very hard. 2020's been very hard, been very challenging, but... I think it's also been um, an opportunity for us to to recalibrate and reassess who we are as a church, why God has us here, what what the distinct why are we here, and what does God want to do? And you know, one of the things I really appreciate in our community is the Southern Baptists. Um, they are voracious church planters, uh, and they've got all these different. Uh, lines of church planting, whether it's a brand new work or there is a brother in town here that 
has created a family of churches that actually has the same name as our church. He calls it the Calvary Family of Churches. Uh, not associated with Calvary Chapel, but they revitalize churches, uh, and they take churches that need fresh wind, and a uh, new, new pastor comes in, and uh, and I and I love it and and I was just looking today they posted something on Twitter that said hey you're thinking of planning a church Georgetown they do these towns and give you these summaries of towns and cities all throughout the the metro area you know throughout Colorado the Colorado Baptist and and I'm just like man if people are praying about our city people are praying about coming here to plant a church guys and families have moved here to plant a church then we're here like we don't need to pray about coming we're already here. So what can we do to participate in greater ways in the mission of Jesus Christ? Uh, we can't sit on our hands. We can't sit on our, our laurels. We can't go backwards. We need to press forward. And so we've just taken a significantly aggressive approach um, in growing our ministry. And I don't mean size or numbers, although size and numbers are a reflection of the fruit of God for sure. Um, not, not the only one, um, but... You know, I think uh, we definitely here at Calvary have more than uh, we can handle, and we're grateful for that. And so I just want to encourage you, pastor, encourage you, believer, whatever church you go to, this is not the time to go backwards. This is the time to go forward. This is the time to be aggressive. This is the time to press in. This is the time to uh, step out in faith in greater ways. One of the ways, and I'll get to you, I see the calls coming in, so I'll get to them in a second, but one of the ways that I'm noticing families in our church pressing in is through the foster care system. What an opportunity to not only be socially mindful, ministering to the the orphans in many ways, or getting involved in children's lives that their parents aren't quite together, you know, they're getting their life together, whatever, whatever the minute, but I'm seeing a, a resurgence uh, and many families in our church uh, get involved. I know it's, it's not anything new, but it's new. It's like a new wave through our church. Very exciting. Foster care, adoption, foster to adopt. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. 303-690-3000. Got a text question came through. If taking the mark of the beast different than being an unbeliever, if there's no chance of salvation or forgiveness um, uh, in taking the mark of the beast, uh than being an unbeliever who accept Christ as our Savior. Uh, well, the people that don't take the mark of the beast will be able to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. Believers uh, will not take the mark of the beast. Only unbelievers will take the mark of the beast. However, what will be shocking or confusing, perhaps, is many people that said they were Christians will take the mark of the beast. But the trial and the temptation and the pressure of facing life without food or facing death, basically, like a like a, a, a martyr will reveal that many people that said they were believers weren't believers all along. And so taking the beast is a taking the mark of the beast is a point of no return. It is a spiritual decision that has a practical uh, obvious sign, this mark on the forehand or the hand. Like 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 a wedding ring. A wedding ring is a spiritual decision. It's a commitment, but it's witnessed by a ring, right? It's testified by a ring. Uh, in a similar way, the mark of the beast is a spiritual decision. It is a wholesale rejection of God, um, and it does have a physical aspect to it. 
303-690-3000 is the number. Going to Pennsylvania, Nancy's been waiting patiently on line one. Nancy, welcome uh, to the program. Hi, thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, my question is, um, it, it has to do with, um, there's a verse that says, um, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And yes. I know people take comfort in that, like when we die, the moment our, we, we die, we are in the presence of Jesus. And yes. then um, I was wondering, first question is, if there's other scriptures that su- support that particular idea. And then number two, the one thing that um, has been in discussion with my friends and I is that um, on, the, on the cross, Jesus told the thief, um, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. And I know some of the Bible translations, like they have, I tell you, um, comma, today you will be with me in paradise. And it's like, but he didn't go to the Father yet. Like that day, like he didn't go till three days later, if I understand it correctly. So could the thief had been in paradise if Jesus was not there yet? Or like, do I totally misunderstand the whole thing? Um, so I guess I, I, I would love to know if there's other verses that support that when you die, you are ushered into his presence. Well, uh, other verses have all kinds of indication, but when we have something, when we have something so plain in the Bible, uh, where it absolutely says it outright, First Corinthians chapter five, verse three: "For indeed is absent in the body, but present in spirit." I've already judged you. Um, no, that's not the right one. That's the that's a different. Let me let me find that is the wrong one. Let me uh coll- connect the right one here. It's 2 Corinthians 5. <laughs> so 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, that he, although he does use that principle. So, you know, he uses a principle being I'm not there with you physically, but I'm there with you spiritually, but this is uh in 2 Corinthians 5, he says in verse 6 so we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. But we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Uh, and so it just says it outright. There's, you know, the, when you have a scripture that uh, is just an outright stated fact. That is a tremendous, uh, helpful truth. It's it speaks to it uh, directly. Uh, to be absent from the body, present with the Lord. I think of another passage of scripture that would support that with David, when David is talking about the death of his son. Uh, he says, "He can't come to me, but I will go to him." Speaking of the eternal presence of a person in the presence of God. When it comes now to Jesus, uh, Jesus, his physical body was in the tomb, um, but his spirit, you know, he goes down. He, he, it, it all happens very quickly. Uh, he goes down into the, into the lowest parts of the earth. He releases those from the old covenant to now full, completely experience the fullness of salvation because the, the the death of Jesus Christ is now fully paid, washed away their sins, uh, and he then releases them and takes them into the presence of the Father. I don't think that takes three days. Uh, I don't believe it took three days. I believe it was pretty instantaneous, like pretty quick. Uh, and so the Jesus being, being um, released from his human body through death 
uh, he went to be with the Father, and, and the thief on the cross that was promised to be in eternity with him was immediately, as a matter of fact, his salvation, that thief on the cross, his presence with Jesus started the moment that he was born again, still hanging on the cross. Uh, and so there is, you know, the kingdom of God is now and not yet. Like, so he experienced it then. And then once he died, he went right into the presence of the Lord. He was with Jesus uh, just as it was promised. Wow. Okay. I never thought of it. Like, I was never looking at, like, the, like looking at it as like a presence as a, I can't explain it. Um, okay. That helps. Um, so it didn't, not, so he did so when he said, I didn't, I have not returned yet to the Father, though, I don't know what his verse it was when he was talking, and then he, that they were going to, he's going to return to the Father, and then he's going to send the Holy Spirit. Did, so I, I just assumed that when he took believers and they, um, and they were in heaven together, they would be with the Father when they're with Jesus. So am I, am I just confused on that, or... I think you are a little confused. It's the timing okay. of what he said and when he said it. And so he, okay. after his resurrection, he uh-huh. you know, he has he has the autonomous privilege being God in human flesh, especially in his resurrected body, to do whatever he wants whenever he wants. Right? So he comes back, he presents himself, he's seen by witnesses, he interacts, he reestablishes, he promises the spirit, and then his his not yet ascending to the Father was a permanence. It wasn't that he hadn't that hadn't happened yet. It means that he, what he was saying is it hadn't happened in its permanence that he would return to the Father and then there would be a gap of time before his second coming. So he was speaking about a different event. Um, it's sort of like uh, you know, let's say um, you drop your son off at high school uh, for his senior year. And you you drop them off, you know, halfway through, and and then uh, on a Monday, uh, you you say, uh, you know, you dropped him off, but then you said, but I haven't I haven't really dropped my son off yet, and you you know, someone's saying, well, wait a minute, you just came back from school. What are you talking about? You you dropped him off, but what you meant was, you guys were thinking, what you meant was, I, I haven't dropped my son off for the final time. He's still got a half a year left. So you can say the same thing to mean two uh, different things. Does that make sense? That is extremely helpful. I have never heard it explained like that. So thank you very much. That, that You're welcome. Good. Great question. Right. Thank you. Yep. You have a great night. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. I want to give a very special shout-out to a very special man uh, who pastors a church in Fort Collins. His name is David Pierce. If you haven't met him yet, you really do need to meet him. He's an incredibly nice guy who texts me all the time and sends me pictures of food, sends me pictures of his shoes. But more importantly, is not only is he a good friend, I'm telling you, God is doing an amazing thing at Calvary Chapel in Fort Collins. Uh, I was just up there uh, teaching for him and seeing the new facility that they have. And so if you're in Fort Collins... You need to go connect with Pastor Dave and, and his wife, Angel. Uh, faithful, 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 faithful family that have served. They've been in Colorado longer than us and have been faithful through the years. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Penny in Maryland. 
Welcome to the program. Well, thank you for taking my phone call. You're welcome. I have a question in reference to the nor up. In reference to what? Nor. Nor. Noah, yes, okay. Got it. Okay. Yes, I got it. So God has destroyed the earth, right? Yes. Through the flood. He got everything off the earth because of um, um, people was not doing what they needed. They were just terrible. So God said, okay, I'm just going to just take, destroy the earth. So my question is to you. Why did God have Noah put on the ark unclean animals? Because God values the life of animals. Uh, and the distinction in the Bible between clean and unclean is for the purposes of helping the children of Israel live in such a way, you know, dietary restrictions, sacrificial restrictions. Um, but the, un, the the animals that were unclean um, did not have a lower value of life, and so he wanted he I believe he put them on the ark because he wanted them to continue uh, to multiply. You know things you and and I think many of us uh, are would be very happy that unclean animals were on the ark because that included pigs, dogs, cats, horses uh, that would be in the category of unclean animals and. Those animals are very helpful, valuable, wonderful creations of God. Okay, that sounds okay. I, I, yeah, that's a good I question. Think... I've never, I've never heard that question before. All right, well, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Shout out to everyone on Hope FM. Appreciate you guys tuning in, uh, and Truth FM. Uh, it's always a great time to pause as we're waiting for you to call. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Uh, give me a call with uh, your question, prayer requests, what's going on in your life, what's going on in your church. Um, uh, it's always a good time to pause and say, uh, this radio station you're listening to this on or you're listening on to an app is listener-supported. It's, it's, it's cooperative. Uh, it is run by a church. And so we're asking you, to support it financially. Um, we are non-commercial, uh, and that means we cannot, by our license, run commercials. Um, we do have businesses that support us, so they get a little shout-out um, that describes their business, but it's not a commercial. Uh, and we appreciate all you business owners, uh, believers that you can trust uh, that would support us. Thank you, guys. And, of course, individual supporters. And... We at Grace FM uh, have a desire to have one more station so that we could reach the 13-plus prisons down in our southern part of our state. Um, we believe that is a burden from the Lord. We just haven't found the right station yet. We would rather, and just as you're praying, I'm just giving you the details uh, so you could pray for us. We don't want to buy a third station necessarily. We'd love to just buy a stronger station in the Springs. That can reach all, could be stronger signal, of course, throughout Colorado Springs, but also reach Canyon City without having to buy a third station. Because every time we buy a station, all it does is it increased our costs. Um, and that's all, it just increases our operating costs. So we'd love to have you join us, partner with us, support us. It's super easy. GraceFM.com, 
gracefm.com. It's all, you could do it all electronic there, recurring, one time, all there. And then one more thing, if you're listening to this program on a different station, support the station you're listening to, please. So if you're like listening on Hope FM, support Hope FM. If you're listening on Truth FM, support Truth FM. Uh, of course, you're listening on Grace FM, support Grace FM. And, and, you know, think about it. Do it after this support would be in the offering category after your tithes. So you tithe to your local church, but then you give offerings. And so I just thank you. You know, we've been on the air 10 years. We just got renewed. Our license just got renewed. Uh, and so we're going to be, you know, Lord willing, we'll be on for more years. And, and, um, Thanks. Thanks for your support. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. All right. Here's a question. Let me look it up. In Acts chapter 19, it says they... Let's see here. Let me just see what the question is. In Acts 19, uh, it says, Well, it happened while Paulus was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper regions... Finding some disciples said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, um, we have not so much heard whether there's a Holy Spirit. So the question is, those disciples, who are they disciples of? I believe they were disciples of Jesus with a limited understanding of the gospel or a limited understanding of the fullness. They had enough to be have their sins forgiven, like, like a new believer, right? Uh, they, they were still learning and still growing. Um, but I believe they were real believers, uh, and they had a limited understanding. And that's why I like to tell people when we share the gospel and when we give an invitation, one of the things that God does not require is a full understanding of everything. He'll just take you as you are, and you'll grow and you'll understand. And so these disciples, the the word disciple simply means learner. Uh, I believe they were followers of Christ, and they hadn't even heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't believe this is the infilling of the Holy Spirit in Acts 19. I don't believe they had heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They they were taught, and then they were baptized, um, and they laid hands on them. The Holy Spirit came upon them, uh, and so I, I believe there's different viewpoints, of course. Some people believe they weren't they weren't followers at all. Some people believe they weren't believers at all. They needed to be saved. All the way around, Paul just took them and treated them like, like, hey, let's just get it all taken care of right now. And and so praise God that they did. Um, here's another question texting. What did Jesus mean when he said, you are gods? That word in the Hebrew could also refer to judges or being in a position of authority. Uh, and so what he meant was, you you guys sit in a place of authority, like your gods. He didn't refer to them as deity. There's a technical word, right? There's a technical a word that describes the one triune, glorious, holy God. So it is not a, um, it is not a reference to ascribing deity. The word could also mean judges or a person in authority. So I think that's what he meant. How do you react when someone says you're so great and amazing because of the good things you do without being prideful? That's a great question. Here, let me let me give you a simple answer. Don't believe them. You're not as great or as amazing as they think. And you know that. If you're married, your spouse knows that. If you have kids, they know that. 
Uh, and so it's important that we don't believe it. However, we also want to be able to receive the appreciation of someone and by saying thank you. Thank you for telling me how God used me in my life. One of the things I like to do as I get that kind of feedback um, is I will say thank you. Is I have a standard answer. Uh, I say thank you. Isn't God so good? And I, and I, I hope, I, I mean, I, I haven't really paid attention to it, but I would hope that I answer that way pretty regularly. Like that's my go-to habit. Thank you. You know, Pastor, that was a great message. Never heard anything like it. Or somebody emailed me recently and said, for Easter, that's one of the best Easter messages I've ever heard. Thank you. Um, I'm so grateful that God would use it and use me. Um, you know, because the fault, because pride goes both ways, doesn't it? It could be a false humility. Oh, you know, I I didn't really do much. I, you know, I'm just uh, poor me. And I don't know how God, you know, you don't want, that's pride too. Um, you know, when I think of Easter message, I did pray. Uh, I did spend countless hours putting it together. Um, even though I typically teach one of three of the same, rotate, I rotate Easter messages because it's the same message. But I do prepare myself to be used by the Holy Spirit. I do prepare myself to um, be in the room. And so it's not like I didn't do anything. But man, we know it wasn't me. We know it wasn't you. And I have to tell you, there have been times when I failed at this where I really believed that I was something special. I've been taught throughout the years, don't believe your press clippings, don't don't let things get to your head. But there have been seasons in ministry, I think of one in particular, where I did get prideful, and it was very damaging, and it was very hurtful for me, for others, uh, and God would not allow it. He stopped it. He broke me. And then in my own sin and repentance, he revealed uh, junk in other people, uh, and some of them repented, some of them didn't. They're still walking in rebellious sin to this day. Prideful, arrogant, gossiping, slandering. And so you just want to stay humble before the Lord. You want to make this issue your issue, not anybody else's. You want to be. You want to admit to the Lord and to others that you're prideful. But it's okay to have someone tell you you're great and amazing and thank you. And then your answer is thank you. Thank you. Isn't it great what God can do in a person? And that'll keep you humble and be honest and authentic. You know, people that are studying these things say the generations today value authenticity and honesty. But if you live in authenticity and honesty, you don't need to worry about it. Just be honest. Just be honest. You know, you go, Ed, but if you tell everybody you failed, that what will they think? Well, they'll think you're normal. Um, you know, Ed, you can't share your failures. You're a pastor. Well, what do you want me to share? Like my life is filled with failures. And I don't want to stay stuck. I don't want to live in pride. I don't want to be arrogant. I don't want to be bitter. I, I want to be open and honest about my life. I want people to know that pastors are normal humans, that they go through things, they struggle, they battle, and sometimes they even fail. Um, but not every failure is fatal. Not every failure is disqualifying. Um, but sometimes, you know, trials will reveal things. And, and so the habit, and uh, the habit is, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, you know, sometimes I, I might have to correct somebody. They may say something that is, just isn't true. Um, and I say, no, 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 that, it wasn't that at all. Um, and, but I do appreciate it because I think the church could go f too far. You know, I grew up in a church movement that said, oh, we can't say appreciation because we'll take somebody's reward from them. No, not necessarily. 
Um, people starve because of a lack of appreciation. It's okay. God created human appreciation. It's okay. We should be abundant in our expression of thank you and appreciation to one another. I do think you could take away someone's reward, you know, people, but that's not my business. That's your business. Um, but if I want to say thank you, you know, I, I buy note cards by the boxes. I just love to appreciate. I, I don't think I can do it enough. The people that I get to serve with, uh, as all imperfect as we are, um, I love them and appreciate them. I love serving with them. I want them to know it. Um, they work hard. You know, they don't work for me. They work for the Lord. Um, and we all serve the Lord together. So I love that. Great question. I'm so glad you texted in. Give me a call. Open lines, 303-690-3000. Uh, we got a couple open lines. Grab them while you can. 303-690-3000. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome back to today's program. You're listening to Calvary Live. Originates from here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado from the studios of Grace FM. It's a radio network that reaches about 80% of the population in Colorado. Uh, we really are grateful for it. You're also hearing this on uh, various LP stations around uh, the country, as well as two larger station networks, Hope FM and Truth FM. Uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, we're glad that you're a part of it. Remember, if you're not listening on Grace FM, you're hearing this one week delayed. Not because it's not live, but because that's how it gets delivered. But it, the neat thing is, is that if you're listening on Hope or Truth FM or another station, uh, you can call in while the show is going on. We're on the air right now. We are taking your call. You talk to us like we had. Uh, where did our calls come in this morning or this earlier? We had Maryland and Pennsylvania. Uh, so we, we, we talked live. But now from Maryland and Pennsylvania, they can listen next week and hear themselves on the radio, which is kind of cool. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, or text me. 720-336-0897. Platteville, Colorado. Sean is on line one. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hey. Uh, so I guess I, I have a question and a prayer request. But um, okay. my question is, uh, I was reading in Romans uh, the other day, and I was reading the section that Paul talking about... Um, grafting he's referring to uh the jews as like an olive tree and god okay. grafting us into that olive tree um mm -hmm. i'm not sure if you can think of exactly what i'm talking about right off the hand but um i was kind of curious because the way that he he talked about it at some point it almost sounds as if uh um you could lose salvation because he mentioned something about being ungrafted or how much easier would it be to to take you out of it or whatever um Right. And I know I'm misinterpreting it because all the other scriptures I know point towards not being able to lose your salvation. So I was just wondering if you could explain that to me. Yeah, well, you've got a couple different things going on at the same time, so it would be easy if we don't separate them. It okay. can be very easy to to as as you put them together to, you know, have some confusion. So when we're talking in Romans, you're probably referring to Romans 11. Um, where the t attention of 
Paul in, in this section of Romans is now to establish God's eternal plan for the nation of Israel, uh, which is very, very important. So ver- chapters 9, 10, and 11 of Romans are super, super important. They lay out not only some of the things of the end times, but they lay out the reality of God's heart for, for the Jewish nation. And when you read through it, you got to remember that who Jesus is speaking, I mean, who Paul is speaking about here is what happened to the Jews in the past. Uh, and, and so he's giving this idea, he's showing how now you have the Jewish nation uh, in the Old Covenant, and then you have the Gentiles that were outside of the Jewish covenant, unless they became proselytes and were circumcised and, and were allowed in. And then now, by the time you're writing Romans, you have a new group of people known as the church that were grafted into the larger family of God, right? Because everyone that believed under the old covenant uh, were anticipating and died by faith, anticipating Messiah. Uh, they become a part of the new covenant uh, because Jesus fulfills all everything that they were waiting for. Uh, and we were grafted in, you know, the church is, is grafted into the work of, of God among the Jews. So we're together now. That's really what he's explaining, that you're a part of, you think that God doesn't have a plan for the Jews, but you're a part of that, uh, is basically what he's saying. And as we're as we come to verse 22, uh, you, it says, Therefore consider the goodness and the severity of God on those who fell, severity, but towards you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, <clears throat> you also will be cut off. And they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again, future of Jews. And this is a popular place, and it's not unusual uh, for someone to come to that conclusion. This is a popular place where somebody will go, watch out, Christian, here it is, right here, you can lose your salvation. But really, the context is how unbelieving Jews were cut off. Those Jews that embraced their Messiah were not cut off. Only those that willingly and knowingly rejected Jesus Christ. So the same is true today. Um, what verse 22 is, is like an evangelistic insert of Paul for those that might be hearing his letter that aren't saved. Hey, by the way, if you don't receive the grace of God, you know, listen to the audience in Romans. By, by the way, those of you in the audience, if you don't receive the grace of God, you will be just like the unbelieving Jews um, that will be cut off. Uh, and the the key is if they don't continue in unbelief. So our conc- my conclusion, so with that in mind, because there is a challenging portion here where it says, if you continue in his goodness, right? If you continue in his goodness. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I believe that a true believer will continue in the goodness of God. So that's really not a warning. And it's like, oh, you could lose your salvation. It's like, no, this this is what to look for for the fruit of your life. Um, I've been walking with the Lord for 30 years now, um, not just because I want to, but because God has enabled me to. He lives inside of me. Uh, not because he's come in and left, come in and left, come in and left, where I've been saved and I lost my salvation, saved. You know, he He lives inside of me, and I am stand uh, in faith by him, you know, or faith in him by his grace, and chapter 11 is actually an encouragement that unbelieving Jews and Gentiles continue to be um, 
continue to be grafted in into one entity, the church. So that handles briefly chapter 11. When we ask, when we, when we ask the question about whether a believer can lose his salvation, we have to ask it this way. What is the nature of salvation? Um, I know some people try to plug it into a system of theology. Well, if you're a Calvinist, then you have the perseverance of the saints, and some people like to plug in theology. If you're an Arminian, then you could lose your... But I prefer to be biblical and just say, what does the Bible say about the nature of salvation? And the Bible says very clearly that salvation is eternal, that you are eternally saved, that it is a finished work. Uh, and my favorite passage in all the Bible that encourages me on this is in First Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Remember, it says, you are kept by the power of God, not by your own good works, not because you continue in his goodness, not because you read your Bible. You and I are kept saved by the power of God. And I just love that. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I I appreciate it. Um that's like I said, I do believe that you can't lose your salvation. I, I feel like I'm a bit of a, a prodigal son. But um you know I well, what's... I well, let's talk about that for a second. What what's going on that you would describe yourself as a prodigal son? Um. Well, you know, I, uh, I I've had a lot of things going on in life. Yes. I kind of uh, I was I got saved when I was about seventeen, and um, and that was the that's the story that led me into my faith. And then, uh, you know, I had a. I felt like I had a wonderful, great relationship with, with Christ at that time. And then, you know, over time, I ended up just being bogged down with things and felt like I was just backsliding and backsliding. And then just as of late, within the past week or so, I've been, I don't know, God's just been working in me. And um, I ended up uh, confessing to my, my pastor that I felt like I was just like a rebellious child. And... um and I was just getting sick of it, you know. I was just so tired of of uh, fighting, and I had no idea why I was fighting either. But um, you know, I've ever since that moment, you know, I've been getting a lot of uh, messages through um, Grace FM and and uh, through my church that have just been giving me better and deeper understanding and reminders of uh, of how much. Christ loves me and um Good. and how much he's done for me and it's just been you know it's just been overwhelming honestly but uh no that's good so i would just encourage you then to no longer refer to yourself as a prodigal but refer to yourself you know you have repented you've confessed and and you you for everyone listening in i want you to hear what he said because one of the indicate like like so when we talk about salvation and we talk about the eternality of salvation, that is not permission to live like the devil. You know, a lot of people interpret it that way. Well, well, you know, if I can't lose my salvation, then I can be saved and live like the devil too. Actually, you can't. Um, that's part of the fruit of salvation. And I want if you guys listen carefully, I was going to mention it, but but already you mentioned it for us. But I was going to mention it out loud that. One of the signs of salvation is that you're miserable when you live a backslidden life. Like it's, it doesn't bring you the kind of fun that you thought it would bring, and it doesn't bring you the kind of joy you thought it would bring, and it doesn't bring you the kind of strength that you thought it would bring. You, you're miserable, and that misery 
brings brings a person to a place of brokenness and and so the fact that you have confessed that you have forsaken doesn't mean the battle is over but it does mean you can change categories now and say no I was a prodigal but I've come back to my father and he receives you just like you know Jesus he cared so much about you that when he shared this the when he shared the parable of the prodigal son he he remind he wanted to make sure that when the prodigal comes back that we re- recognize that he was welcomed with open arms you know he was welcomed with open arms he was just received as it is he was received and you are received home as well so welcome back thank you you're welcome thanks for your call today yeah see you later man bye-bye take care 303-690-3000, over to Pennsylvania now. Mary is on the line. Mary, welcome to the program. Hello. Thank you. Hi. You're welcome. Yes. You're on I'm the air. I'm calling for prayer. Can you hear okay. me? I'm, on, I'm I can. calling uh-huh. for prayer. Okay. Yes, prayer for our healing of my natural heart and okay. healing of my eyes because I haven't done my physical in a while. Since this oh, pandemic no. is on, everybody's you know everybody's in a pandemic mode, including me. Yeah, I know. So I just want to pray for healing of my natural heart and my eyes. And I'm 74, so okay. I'm I'm blessed. But I just want yes. the Lord to keep on keeping me strength, strengthened, and I'm taking care of a grandchild that is her first year in college, and I want to pray for her to stay focused and, yes. you know, focus on her schoolwork, and there's light at the end of the tunnel, not to give up, and for her to be more spiritual that the Lord would bring her back to Him. I think her faith is beginning a little weak because of these pandemic trends are calling and staying up all night. They stay up all night and sleep all day. <laughs> That's not good. Bad habits. <laughs> Bad. You know, we just had... Easter services, and so yeah. ma- I met so many families that mm-hmm. had been back to church for the first time in a year. Yes, and yes. some of yeah. them had shared that it started with real concern and fear, like I think it started for all of us, um, yes. but it ended up being just laziness and apathy and bad habits. Yes, so I, and, I have uh, church at home. I, I do my Bible, and I do my readings, and I listen to the radio. That's how I got your yes. number. I listen to yes. you the spiritual stations in the mornings and the evening, you know, so you have to, You. this is the time we have to know God for ourselves. We can't rely on going to the building, you know what I mean? Correct. Church is within sure. us, you know? But there is a place, you know, when you're safe, I, I would say this, mm-hmm. though, there is a place mm-hmm. when you're ready, and I think you are ready, yeah. but when you're safe, yeah. you know, doctors and such, to get back yeah. with people because God made us for people. And, sure. mm-hmm. and you're right, the building is not the church, we're the church, but yes. man, there's not only do we not only will you enjoy the people in your fo- local church, but they will also okay. enjoy you uh, yes. and yes. build believe, you up and strengthen you. I, I believe you. worshiping together, but you know we've been going so many years. You know, the church, the church, the church. So we have to learn how to worship just one on one. You know, you understand? I, I, I'm we I'm one of those guys that says one-on-one. it's yes. not. I, I'm one of those pastors that say it's not either or; it's both. Right. Yes, it's um, both. I think, and you get and you get and then we I love I love going to church and worshiping with others because you get strengthened to see how the Lord is working in oh, other yeah. people's lives. So I yep. appreciate the well, church. You know, I grew up well, in let's the pray. church from a little kid. <laughs> oh so good. Let's pray. Mm-hmm. 
Amen. Father, we do pray for my sister in Pennsylvania. We pray for her physical body, for her heart, for her grandkids in school, and just everything that's happening in her life right now. I know that you are uh, with her, and she's just been walking with you for so many years. So now, Lord, in these in these years of pandemic and 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 the body, Lord, and what's happening to our body. I was just reading that last night. Uh, our outward man is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed day by day. But we also pray for a renewal of the outward man and bringing a, a great, uh, bringing us to a place of great surrender. So I pray for healing and strength in my sister, and you would give her all that she needs uh, to accomplish the perfect will that you have for her life. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you and be safe. God bless you. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There's a a sister listening to the program, and we were praying for someone in the area of forgiveness, and it says, I definitely need help with unforgiveness. I have anger due due to the offensive things people have said when my son passed away last year. I feel, though, I could not even grieve my son in peace. And... um, I read that out loud for you because I just want to say I'm sorry. Um, I understand uh, a little bit of how, what you describe, um, the circumstances surrounding the death of our son, even even still uh, try to interrupt our grief and even still want to, people want to make it harder, just a select group of people, but nonetheless. And so I'm sorry that this has been hard and difficult for you. Um, in particular, when people say offensive things, um, I know that like an earlier caller, we just need to say thank you and not take it in personally um, and keep our eyes on the Lord. And so I pray for this sister that has uh, just been hurt, not only by the loss of her son, but by what other people have done and said. And I pray you would comfort her, Lord, and I pray that you would strengthen her. I even pray for Marie and me and my kids of all the warfare and drama that surround our lives, uh, considering my son. And we just pray for your protection and your guard around us that we can live. You said every good and perfect gift comes from above, so we receive them. And we love you. We know life is hard. We know uh, Jesus died on the cross for us. He suffered far greater than we would ever suffer. And so we pray for that supernatural strength um, and that you would deal with our enemies. I pray that in Jesus' name, that you would deal with our enemies. And we commit that to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you guys that are listening, I just want you to know, man, so many people are hurting around us. I mean, you probably would work with this sister. You probably, you know, people are her next door neighbor. Um, but who would know the kind of things that she carries? And so let's be open by to the Holy Spirit to be used in these last days. Let's stay open. Um, let's say, let's remain open to be used by him uh, in these days, just knowing that he is faithful uh, and he loves us. Um, here's another great question. Uh, as Christians, how do we react or talk about the Black Lives Matter protests and racism in America? How can we relate this back to God's plan? That is such a great question, and I'm grateful that you answered it. And I like the way you asked it, too, because it could be asked a lot of different ways. Um, I think the first thing that we need to do is not allow the culture to dictate our narrative, but rather we need to start with the Bible. And if we start with the Bible, then we can deal with all of these things 
uh, Black Lives Matters protests. We can deal with racism, uh, and because the Bible speaks to that. So let's say racism, for example. The Bible absolutely speaks to racism and declares it an absolute sin. And racism is not acceptable. It's not acceptable for believers. It's not acceptable for unbelievers. It is a sin to be repented of. Whether it's a racism toward those that are black or African-American, uh, recently uh, the racism toward those in the Asian community. Why? Because on a public forum, one of our leaders, uh, because of the pandemic, um, associated it with China and started calling names and put um, fired up a group of people that now are taking it out on Asians. And racism and brutality, they're sin. So I think the first thing, we have to start with the Bible. We can't start in the culture. We've got to start in the Bible. When it comes to the Black Lives Matter protest, we have to nuance. And that's one thing that's lost today is we have to nuance. So let's break it down a little bit. Number one, the Black Lives Matter movement of their own admission, the, the political organization is bankrupt and unbiblical and not to be supported. That's their own, you, 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 you match what they say in this movement to the Bible. It is nothing I want to be associated with. However, when you use the phrase Black Lives Matter, I can associate with that. I can associate with valuing a group of people. I can associate with valuing Blue Lives Matter when it comes to um, the police officers or Asian Lives Matters, whatever. I can appreciate that biblically. I can appreciate people. Because the Bible commands me, again, now we take the Bible as our lead, the Bible commands us to love our neighbor. Uh, so I, 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 and I can even understand the value of protesting. But when protesting becomes murderous or destructive, well, those are sins. So we can call out, protesting isn't sin, but the behavior from protesters could be sin. And we need to pray for them. But the fact that you want to speak up for something you believe in, um, man, what, how, how is that sinful? So, so we have to be careful. I, I, we were just talking about this yesterday. Um, we did some interviews back uh, a, few, uh, a few months ago at the height of the George Floyd um, Black Lives Matter protests and such. And we talked about this openly. I, I talked to my friends on my podcast uh, and those are all available on my podcast, Lead to Serve, or on our church app. So we segregated them, um, set them apart in, a own, in their own category. We put them in a folder so that you can listen to these particular discussions. And we talked about them. Um, I, I, don't, I don't have answers necessarily um, for a person that, um, how, what it is to live in black skin. I don't have black skin. So, you know, when... Um, I can't speak to that piece, um, but I can listen to them. I can listen to someone that lives in black skin. Um, I can love someone. Um, so, so one of the books. So let me let me just close up because the show's almost over. One of the books that we went through as a staff that I would highly recommend on this particular topic, not necessarily Black Lives Matters as much as um, how to take the gospel and integrate it to these incendiary issues is a book called The Third Option by Miles McPherson. The Third Option by Miles McPherson. It's a tool we use here. Very, very, very good. Uh, he, he helped us so much um, and is helping us. I revisit his principles, biblical principles, 
um, over and over again. Uh, one of the things we learned from him is how, and, and I mean, this is common knowledge, but when somebody puts it into words, it's so good. But one of the things we learned from him is when we relegate someone outside of neighbor, when we label someone outside of neighbor, then we almost automatically give ourselves permission not to love them. And then we proceed as Christians to, oh, those immigrants, they're going to ruin our country. I mean, if you go back far enough in your in your family tree, I mean, the nation was founded by immigrants, for goodness sake. But how did, how did we ever, how is it ever okay to look down on immigration? Well, it's legal and illegal. There is a place for discussion for that. I agree. But they're people with families. But they came over, they broke the law. There's a place for that. Well, they're changing the laws. Well, this is our government. This is how it works. Sometimes you like the people in charge. Sometimes you don't like the people in charge. But the problem, the issue is this. You always are a believer. And and so I think, you know, what? well, they came over illegal. Well, okay, okay. I give that to you. Well, they should go home. Well, maybe they should, maybe they shouldn't. Why don't you, what does the gospel have to say? They should be saved. That's, you know, I think of Jeff Price who sees an opportunity and I don't know the status. We don't go around asking, are you legal or illegal? It's not our business, but we have a large immigration population right here in Aurora. And what are we doing? Reaching out to them, ministering to them, loving their kids, loving them unconditionally. Of course we are. Um, are there political questions? Yes. Are there political? Of course. But God's plan is very simple. He sent Jesus Christ into the world to seek and save the lost, to live, die, and rise again. And we want to educate ourselves in the Bible and in the culture and learn how to have healthy dialogue and the last thing I would say, because this is such a great question. I'm so glad you texted in. The, the last part I would say is this. We need to learn how to handle disagreements without destroying someone. We need to learn how to handle disagreements without destroying someone. And it's just going to be the way it is. We're not going to agree on everything. You know, someone may have a more, um, more volatile view of racism in our culture because they lived with it or they've been treated like it. Or, um, I mean, listen to those podcasts. I learned a lot, um, personally, and I learned a lot how to be empathetic and listen and, and support and love and have a conviction, but also a conviction in agape love. Um, one of the things I learned is my friend, Bill, Bill and I, Bill is a black pastor in, uh, Inglewood, California. And Bill and I go way back uh, he's even a featured teacher on Sundays on Grace FM, I think. Um, and he and I go way back to, we we attended the same church in California. I met him as a new believer because he worked in the lunchroom of the school of the church. And so did one of our friends and she introduced us and we became friends ever since. And I love that man. And so I interviewed him and we talked about the riots. He talked about protests. We talked about, and I learned something about him and what I learned about him is that he was a violent protester in the Rodney King riots in California. Uh, you know, many of you remember. If you don't Google it, what happened with, when Rodney King was uh, beat up by police officers? Uh, there were riots and difficulty. It was, it was, it was, and and he went out to protest. Why? Because he was an unbeliever. 
And as an unbeliever, he was in the protest doing whatever he was doing. We didn't get into details of all that. But, man, he was not saved, just like me. I wasn't saved, too, for a long time in my life. And, and so what perspective that gave me was is that, man, some of those protesters are future pastors. Some of those protesters are future dads and moms or maybe already dads and moms. Some of those protesters, they need the gospel. And I in no way approve of violence and, um, you know, destroying property and putting police at danger. Absolutely no way do I approve of that. But how can God use me to be a messenger of the gospel? How, how can he use me? I mean, I can't do everything, but I can do something. So what is it, Lord? And so it's such a great question because this isn't over. This is going to be with us. It's not over. Um, we're going to deal with, this is sin. The racism has been with us from the fall of man. Prejudicial views of each other where I have prejudice against you for whatever reason. It's been with us from, since the fall of man. And as believers, we need to enter into this conversation. We can't just be screaming and yelling and posting nonsense on Facebook and I want my own way and I hate the new this and I hate that and how could they do this? There's a better way to communicate that that retains the beauty of the gospel. You know how the, we know that the gospel is offensive, but too many times Christians are offensive and nobody ever gets to hear the pure, loving joy of the gospel. So... Thanks for being with me today. Great question. I hope it encourages you. I hope we become the church in a greater way, reaching more people with, with, the, with the good news of Jesus. Come out to Calvary Church this weekend, calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church, Saturday night, Sunday morning. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.